This show is brought to you by my friends at Alliance and Trust. In wild times like these, you need more than financial product salespeople. You need a firm that looks at the entirety of your life and helps you with strategies that coordinate all disciplines of good stewardship so you can manage wisely what God has given you and thrive in these times of chaos and confusion. Have a team that acts as consultants in the business of you. Let Alliance and Trust help you plan for what's next. To learn more and get your free copy of Alliance and Trust's book on financial stewardship, Wisdom Before Wealth, visit friendofbrice.com or call 805-371-8020. Welcome to the Bryce Eddy Show. Hey, so today I have a very special guest, and that is Vera Sharav. She is an advocate for a bunch of different things, but really for human rights. And this is uh, is a woman who has uh, spent time battling the EPA um, and preventing them from experimenting on kids. She's got a film coming up. She's associated with the Children's Health Defense Fund, and she is the... Uh, president of the Alliance for Human Research Protection. We've got a lot of uh, dangerous things happening today and uh, a lot of loss of our rights and our uh, freedoms. So we need fighters like Vera. And so here she is. Vera, how are you? All right. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no, I'm happy to have you on. So um, first, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about kind of your background and how you became the fighter that you are today. I'm very interested in that. And so uh, will our audience. Um, so so talk a little bit kind of about your background and your bio, and then let's get into some of the specifics of what you're doing. Well, you know, a lot of times uh, life confronts us with things that we don't expect uh, and you have to uh, respond to it. And one of the things that happened to me was that my firstborn son, uh, when he was a teenager, he became ill. His mind went. Uh, and I had to tackle the mental health system in New York. And that just was such a shock that uh, how bad it really is. And so I saw a lot of things, learned a lot of things about how the abuse of people within the system, you know. And I started to do research. Well, part of it was I wanted to help my son. Uh, The tragedy was, and that occurs with many, is that the system essentially pushed toward the latest drug? Mm-hmm. Parents was told, "Oh, this is this is the one. This is the end all and be all. This is going to cure. This is going to do all these wonderful things." And actually, that's all total lies. There are no medicines, you know, that um, work for schizophrenia. It just isn't. And the drugs that they use, they kind of use people like in a crapshoot. They throw not just one drug, but combinations, you know, cocktails of drugs. And so that's a wonderful marketing thing, because when things go wrong, you can't blame any one of the drugs because you don't know which one is causing the harm. And that's, that's, that's how the mental health system works. And it's very expensive. But it all goes for pharmaceutical companies and for providers of all kinds who don't really have the interest of the patients in mind. And one of the things that happened while I was battling was somebody sent me a uh, an article from the American Journal of Psychiatry. And when I read it, I couldn't believe it because I recognized this is Nazi medicine. The article uh, described an experiment that was done on 28 veterans at the Bronx VA. And the purpose of the experiment was to see how soon, if the patients were given L-DOPA, they would have a psychotic relapse. These patients, these vets were 
not ill anymore. They were in remission. They brought them into the hospital, took them off whatever they were on, if they were on. But they'd been living in the community. And they gave them L-Dopa and sent them off. And they then recorded how each one had a relapse. If you've ever seen one in a psychotic, I mean, you really, it's horrific. And I sent the article to two psychiatrists whom I knew and asked them, am I reading this right? Because this is Nazi medicine. And they said, yes, I was reading it right. So that was the first complaint that I filed with the Federal Office of Research Protection. It took them four years to investigate and to corroborate that this is what was done. They also found that two of the vets, when they were psychotic, became violent. So now they had that on their record, thanks to the psychiatrists. And of course, this experiment was sponsored and paid for by the National Institute of Mental Health. So that's when I saw the, you know, the big involvement, that it wasn't just the local people that you deal with when you have someone with a mental illness, but that the whole, you know, the entire system was inhumane and was, if anything, exacerbating people's pain, people's condition. They weren't helping. That's how bad it is. I wonder if, um, and I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, you know, Operation Paperclip and maybe the audience uh, is or isn't, so I'll I'll summarize it. But, you know, we uh, pulled a bunch of Nazi scientists over here to the U.S. um, after World War II. And, uh, you know, in exchange for, um, you know, immunity from their crimes, they essentially came to work for us. And um, obviously the Nazis were, you know, famous for the experimentation and things that they did without any regard for human rights. Um, And as a result, I wonder if we um, adopted some of those philosophies within our scientific community, because it seems like we began to do some of those same things shortly thereafter under the guise of, um, you know, uh, hey, we're we're doing, you know, good work. But but we were essentially adopting, you know, very many of their tactics um, in order to advance our own medicine and all of that. And I I, I just, again, wonder if if we had that, uh, you know, immorality creep in to to our scientific community uh, directly because of that. Yeah, the uh, there were more than sixteen hundred scientists, engineers, and doctors, Nazis, and these were the top rank, who were essentially smuggled into the United States. Uh, They actually were smuggled against the orders of President Truman. He forbade anyone who belonged to the Nazi party from emigrating to the United States. But these government officials who eventually became the CIA just overrode his order. And yes, they scattered these Nazis throughout the country at medical institutions, universities, the military as well. And yes, they did in fact uh, teach the methods of Nazi science and medicine to a whole generation of Americans. Uh, There were pockets, though, even before that, of immoral experiments, such as the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. Yeah, true. Public health, American public health, uh, began in 1932 and didn't end until 1972 when it got into the press. Until then, they were continuing it. And this is beyond the Nazi. So there was a kernel of that mentality that sees some human beings as subhuman. That's the real virus. 
It's called eugenics. They no longer use the term after the Nazis, but eugenics never went away from public health. Eugenics never went away from, you know, from public administrators who regard a lot of the human species as dispensable subhumans. Yeah. Do not trust these woke banks. Do not put your money into ESG funds. Instead, why don't you talk to the Alliance and Trust family? Finance is in their blood. I grew up with them, and they've handled my entire financial world for nearly 30 years. And as a testament to their talents, they've managed to keep me not just out of trouble, which in and of itself is remarkable, but they've helped me to build real wealth. They've assisted me through complex business transactions and family matters. Now even my daughters are working with Uncle Randy to put financial disciplines in place for their futures. Invest with people who share our values and will help you to be a good steward with what God has given you. Let Alliance and Trust help you plan for what's next. To learn more and get your free copy of Alliance and Trust's book on financial stewardship, Wisdom Before Wealth, visit friendofbrice.com or call 805-371-8020. Yeah, well, Margaret Sanger uh, was a eugenicist, and she's one of the, uh, she was the founder of Planned Parenthood and, uh, you know, viewed the... uh, uh, African-American or black community as uh, as somebody that they could dispose of through those means. And that's why they put Planned Parenthood facilities uh, concentrated in urban environments. And, um, you know, she she was, uh, um, you know, a, a big proponent of that. So we know that that exists. I'm convinced also that a lot of our um, issues that are going on today with uh, with climate uh, or population control and all those things are, are also uh, animated by that that uh, underlying philosophy as well. I'm sure, I'm sure Absolutely. you you would probably agree with a lot of that. Absolutely, and uh, you know, people need to understand that. Yeah, she, it, it wasn't only African Americans though. But this is the other thing. You know, yes, they like to divide into different groups, of course. But she was a total racist. Yes, she totally against the, the Jews, against Italian yep. immigrants, against all kinds. I mean, this is really. You have to realize there are people uh, in in these higher echelons and uh, among the educated, and particularly in public health. Public health is is really the the um, what should I say? I mean, it's like the womb, the the uh, the poison well where a lot of this is inculcated, and they really feel that they are. A superior and that they therefore are entitled and have a right to order everyone else around and to determine who shall live and who shall die. Yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, that's amazing how many manifestations of that we're seeing right now. Yeah, yeah, especially when they have a great deal of the populace in a state of fear. They are, they're maintaining a state of fear all the time. And now, I, I mean, now the boogie thing is virus, this virus and that virus and the other virus. Come on. Viruses are not what we have to be afraid of. We have to be afraid of those who launch a so-called virus. Why was it launched? They yeah. You know, half a year before, uh, Moderna's uh, chief uh, told his staff that they have to produce a billion <laughs> uh, vaccine uh, files a year before. I mean, how did he know they're going to have a pandemic? How do you know you're going to have a pandemic? Fauci said the same thing. He said there would be a big pandemic in the first term of Trump's term. Wow, how did he know that? I guess they planned it. No getting away from that. Yeah. I mean, yeah really, I... You know, people don't listen carefully to what they're saying. If they did, they'd realize that strings are being pulled. Yeah, it's it's funny because if you do pay attention and you just read what they write, uh, you listen to what they say in their own uh, meetings or even public broadcasts, they 
they tell you what they're going to do. The um, sad thing I have is most people just uh, neglect to pay any attention whatsoever um, until it's too late. Well, they have they have conditioned people through the education system and through a lot of uh, influences to not make their own decisions, to defer to authority, to the experts. We're constantly being told about experts. What experts? Those experts, first of all, don't have your best interest in mind. And they're wrong most of the time. Absolutely wrong. They've been proven wrong. Uh, both about the scope of the pandemic, how many were going to be killed. And instead, the hospitals are now filled with those who are vaccinated. They're the ones who are sick. It's not the ones who are not vaccinated. Yeah, I don't know, Vera. I think that's probably just all long COVID, they're telling us. That's all long COVID that people have now. It, it can't possibly be associated with the vaccine. Right. Well, but that's it. If people continue to be glued to their television and listen to the propaganda and remain that way in a state of fear, then there's nothing, you know, we can do about it. They have to disengage from the propaganda and do a few clicks on the Internet and get to real information, information that can save their lives, essentially. Yeah, and uh, and do it away from Google that curates their search results in order to manipulate us too. I, I find that fascinating. If you uh, if you do the same searches over multiple uh, search engines, you get very different results. And uh, and Google has uh, deemed that they're the ones that know better than we do, so they're going to guide our search results and give us a lot of biased content, uh, which of course I, uh, my, uh, my online detractors love to use as, as uh, authorities for, for all of their uh, thoughts instead of using their own, uh, their own critical thinking skills to, uh, to see that there is uh, a ton of money involved in all of these things and all of these manipulations. Well, yeah, there's a shift of wealth. It's not just money, you know, it's resources. It's, yes. God's resources, and they are shifting it from, you know, the vast kind of the way it's been laid out into just a few hands. They want to control the resources and they want to control human resources as well. You know, yeah. one of the things that um, very few people realize is that under the Nazis, there was a big slave labor market and a lot of the corporations made a lot of money by having slave laborers. And guess what? That's what they have in mind now. They want to create, you know, want to eliminate most of the human race, and those that are left will become slaves. That's the plan. That's, it's, it's their plan. And if people accept digital IDs and one currency, world currency, that's it. They will be in a no-exit concentration camp, a digital concentration camp, where they will be monitored, surveyed 24 hours a day with no escape. There's no escape. From yeah, we're uh, unfortunately not far off from that right now in the way that we're voluntarily living our lives. And that's what's frightening to me is it it's not a far step from what we've already accepted as the way to live. Um, and, you know, that's why I, I think they're um, working right, right now with all of the banking crises stuff and everything um, that my prediction is that they're going to use much of that is an excuse to move us towards these central bank digital currencies and things like that in order to to control us. And once they have us on that kind of a system, they just flip the switch on and off, um, you know, and, and, you know, tell us what we can buy and when we can buy it and where we can go and what we can do very easily. If they take away your uh, your resources or they control all of your resources, then it it's uh, in for many people game over. That's right. And it's very close to it. And the problem is for people to believe it, to understand that this really is the plan. We're not making this up. You know, they have sort of fluffed off uh, criticism as conspiracy theory. Hey, I yeah. wish it was a theory. I wish it was a theory. It's not a theory. They've been landing it out very carefully for many, many years. 
Subscribe to Good Ranchers any day this month and get free bacon for a year added to your order. You're not dreaming. This is the real thing. Pick up a box of 100% American meat. Get 24 ounces of bacon free with every order, free shipping, and guaranteed 100% American meat delivered to your door. Sounds like a win-win to me. Good Ranchers meat is 100% American, absolutely delicious, and steakhouse quality. If you need it even more to push you over the edge, with my code BRYCE, you can get an additional $20 off your first order. That's 24 ounces of Applewood smoked bacon with every order and $20 off with free shipping. But this offer won't last long, so go to GoodRanchers.com today and use my code BRYCE at checkout for the best meat and seafood America has to offer today. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. Yeah, one of you know one of the uh, the great um, I think uh, evils that are happening right now are respect to all of these agencies that you've been fighting against. Um, you know, the EPA being one of them. The EPA has become a, a tremendously powerful organization where they are just by regulations, uh, you know, putting us. Uh, in slavery and of course the experimentations and things that they're doing um, are, are a big part of that but they have all kinds of power now um, that our founding fathers certainly never intended for the regulatory bodies to control us the way that they do um, talk a little bit about some of your battles against the EPA um, because I, I truly believe that they're a, a wicked organization that needs more more light to be shined on them well, I'll tell you one thing. So, for example, the first time I sort of came across EPA thing was an experiment on inner city Baltimore uh, families with toddlers where they sought them out and put them in apartments that were only partially lead abated. You know, at that time, earlier, they used to use lead in paint and lead is very, very bad particularly for children, young children. Yeah, tremendous and, brain toxin. Right. And what the experimenters did is they saw, as I said, it had to be black families with toddlers. And what they did was measure the children's IQ every so often, regularly. And they watched it go down. They didn't tell any of this to the parents. So they wanted to prove to help landlords not to have to clean out the lead, but rather just do a little bit of a job, a little abatement, not fully. That was the purpose. So it was a money-saving kind of thing. But they used these little human beings and, you know, reduce their IQ. This sort of is hard to come back. Well, I only got involved in it after a, a group in a Baltimore sued. And the judge really understood what was happening here. And he cited the Nazi experiments. And this was the highest court in um, uh, in Baltimore. It, it was the Court of Appeals uh, of Maryland. And he really, it was it's a 50-page decision. Uh, and our group, our small little group, the Alliance for Human Research Protection, filed an amicus brief supporting the judge. All the other medical and academic institutions filed amicus briefs against. Oh, this will stop all research on children. Oh, we children are going to be left behind. They're not going to have modern medicines. They're not going to have this, that, and the other thing. This was all nonsense. But that's how it works. In other words, the entire, you know, academic and medical establishment are all in sync and that it's okay to exploit and and you know and, and condemn these children to being sub intelligent. Why? Their lives don't matter, you see. They, this shows this attitude. They don't matter. 
The other time was when EPA wanted to uh, check pesticides <laughs> by spraying, again, black children, black children's homes, spray some stuff, and guess what? They, the EPA people who would be coming to do it, oh, they'd be in full gear, you know, protect themselves. But the little children were to be exposed. And you know what they called that experiment? Cheers. They have lots of, they give lots of, yeah, names like that to the most deadly, you know, inhumane kind of experiments. All right, this was stopped with the help of some Congress people as well. Uh, but th this mindset of being, you know, of feeling that they can, do whatever they want if they call it, oh, it's very important research. They had um, artificial blood experiments done. Again, always an inner city, large cities. Uh, and of course, it you know, people died for, for no reason because the artificial blood's no good. Wow. So they're doing things and then they wanted to have, yeah, because they don't like the idea of informed consent. <laughs> of course, they don't like it. <laughs> so for these artificial blood experiments, they sought to have community consent. Now, you tell me what community do you trust to give consent for you? It's your yeah. body. <laughs> you know, this is how they want to give themselves a pass to do what is immoral, illegal, and pretty horrific by any standard. Yeah, well, it's these immoral um, actors that uh, have a idea that they're doing it for your own good. And if oh. they uh, if they press into informed consent, they they say, well, they're never really going to understand these things because we, the superior people on this planet, we understand. And so if we give them too much information or we let them decide, you know, they're just the, the little people. They don't have the brains we have. They don't have the, the skill and common sense that we have. And so it's just going to confuse them. And, and therefore, it's not going to advance the cause of humanity. The, that's literally how they think in their mind. Now, they do it in, in cheer, cheery terms in their brains, of course. You know, they, they, they um, convince themselves. I mean, there's some that are true psychopaths and, and truly manipulative and evil people. But they convince themselves that, uh, that they know best. And they're really doing this to just, you know, save these poor people. And uh, and of course, it is people of lower socioeconomic classes and people that they view as dirt beneath their feet, um, while at the same time calling, uh, you know, me a Nazi because I don't want them to put kids on puberty blockers. You know, uh, I mean, things like that, they'll call us racist uh, be, uh uh, and they will not be animated in their defense of any of these kids and these poor little black children that are being being put under these experiments. They'll we don't hear them stand up against them until it is long ago history, like the Tuskegee experiment. They'll they'll say it then, but they won't now defend this uh, uh, defend these poor kids. Yeah, and just but just think with COVID, they've gone, they've leaped backwards really they've leaped yeah. back huge leap backwards yes now, Ret retrogressive for sure now it includes everyone's children except their own of course but now it's everyone now it's no more they're not after the jews they're not after the blacks they're after everyone yeah and they have gone and are going further to get children to take the shots without parental consent Yep. They're in Canada. They have a law that would even allow children over 14, I think, to decide if they want to commit suicide, assisted suicide. We're wow. going with we, this envelope is being pushed further and further and further because people aren't paying attention to the right things. They're paying attention. Yeah. To nonsense, to fear mongering about virus. 
Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I I think so. I had um, Aldo on my show, and Aldo is a uh, PragerU personality that um, posed as a uh, um, eight year old for the purposes of developing a YouTube account. You know, so he uh, he put in the parameters that he's an eight year old, all that stuff to see what they would curate for him. And one of the things that I thought was surprising is a, a bunch of videos were constantly coming up talking about consent to an eight-year-old. And, and while, yes, I think that's per the, for the purposes of, of uh, uh, sexual grooming, but it's grooming in general. It's, yeah. it's, um, it's trying to you know, give them inappropriate autonomy outside of their uh, parental guardians in order for the purposes that they can sever that that uh, bond and and get kids to do things like consenting to um, vaccines and treatments inside their their schools and then their high schools and then you know you have Planned Parenthood on their campuses and many of these high schools giving out uh, Lupron and other puberty blockers and things like that I think it's all connected to that that same idea you're talking about there. I mean, it's a it's a unbelievable wickedness. I'm running out of words to even describe the the evil that we're saying today, that we're seeing today. Excuse me. The world is falling apart, so buy some gold, diversify, and get a free safe to store it in. That's right, on qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group now through March 31st, they'll ship a free safe directly to your door. Just text BRYCE to 989898 to get your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free safe. Here's the deal. Our banking system is in turmoil, and we're not sure where all of this is going to go. Make sure you are hedging your bets and diversifying your portfolio with gold. Whether physical gold and silver in your safe or through an IRA and precious metals where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account, buy gold from Birch Gold to protect your family. You can trust them. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text BRYCE to 989898 for your free info kit on gold and to claim your eligibility for your free home safe by March 31st on qualifying purchases. Again, text BRYCE to 989898. That, that the, the goal is to break up all moral values, all moral norms, the Nazis did exactly the same thing. Yeah. The Nazis did the same thing. Uh, people don't realize that uh, Germany and Austria at that time, you know, in the 30s, was the pinnacle of achievement, of, you know, as far as everything, medicine, technology. They had every, they were, they were the model. American wow. doctors went to do their postgraduate work in Germany. So, but how that society was so quickly perverted into a, a totally bestial matter within just a short time, piece by piece, step by step, that they could then, ordinary people who were perfectly decent before, but when all these norm, you know, these morals, norms were eliminated, they became genocidal murderers. Yeah. In one capacity or another. That's what can happen. And it's very, very difficult. People don't, they like to think, oh, that can never happen again. Oh, yes, it can. Anything that happens in history, if it happened, it can happen again. Yeah, we're not exempt from it. I mean, you know, Jordan Peterson does such a great job of laying a lot of that out. And um, and there's some uh, amazing books I'm, I'm forgetting. I, I read it and, and um, I was seeing if I could call it up uh, uh, quickly here in my uh, Kindle. But um, there is a, uh, a book about a I believe it was a Polish uh, police force. I read it many years ago. Um, that uh, that got, you know, commandeered to do uh, a lot of the killing 
of the uh, of the Jews and and the undesirables uh, for the Nazi regime, and they were all you know good people prior to all of this, and and so much of it uh, um, you know came from them not wanting to let each other down and not wanting to leave some of these terrible things to, you know, one of their their compatriots. And they just got more and more extreme in, in the tasks and things that they were asked to do. And it was amazing at how quickly they abandoned all of their um, morality, all of their uh, ideas of right and wrong um, to to do the evil bidding of these Nazis and, and in it, you know, just to, to face and destroy themselves. I mean, it's, it's really phenomenal. And we're fools if we think that, that we're not moving down those roads now. They also uh, chastised everyone. This is for the greater good, for the Polish people, for the German people. For the, yep. So the same thing now. Uh, remember, I mean, the way they were able to demonize those who were disobedient, those who didn't want to wear a mask, and and those who didn't want to take the jab as being a, a menace to society. Right? We were uh, we were threatening the greater good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's nonsense. But when you when you sweep people up with fear, and that this is the way to prevent some catastrophe that really isn't imminent at all. Uh, very, you know, treatable. Uh, yeah, you get people to in hysteria to do anything. Yeah, you know, and of course that the argument begins with that idea. Oh, Bryce, how hard is it to wear a mask? What's the big deal? Okay. Yeah, okay, you're healthy, but the other people around you aren't. And you know what? What? What is the bother? Why do you have to be so uptight about this? Why do you have to reject this? It's a small thing, and it starts with those small violations, and eventually you get to those big violations, and pretty soon, you know, we're we're doing. Uh, the same work that the Nazis did. Um, so I think this is a, maybe a good segue. Let's talk about your film and, and you know, what's uh, what's coming with that. Yeah, well, it's released. <laughs> uh, Never Again is now global. It wound up being a five-part series, which runs five and a half hours. Wow. The, right at the beginning, the first week, people from some 310,000 uh, saw it. And from 176 countries, now that tells me a lot because that's very unusual, uh, which, you know, which means and that we're working on a whole bunch of translations. I mean, we had to get volunteers because we have been doing all this really, un- <laughs> I call it a spit and scotch tape because we didn't have, <laughs> had we had real, you know, normal budget and staff, which we didn't. Uh, we would have had all that done before, you know, translations and all that you expected. Uh, but there is there is a demand for it. I, I, I realize that. Uh, of course, the, you know, the major uh, mainstream and whatever, they're just going to ignore it. Uh, yeah. But it, because it, those who've seen it, and I mean, I'm getting, you know, huge uh, feedback. Uh so people are learning things that they never knew because they don't teach you in school about who the collaborators, the facilitators of the Holocaust were, the corporate and family dynasties that are still running things today. There's a yeah. straight line. So that's part of it. No other Holocaust uh, film dealt with that. And the other part that it deals with is back and forth, then and now, then and now. And it's coming out of the mouths of survivors, children of survivors and victims, and grandchildren. Very important also, grandchildren. As well, uh, we have people, uh, quite a few German people, uh, not Jewish, whose families also had some part in the Holocaust. And we even have a grandson of a scientist who was brought over with paperclip. Oh, wow. Both grandfather worked for von Braun. Grandmother was von Braun's secretary. And he and his sister suspected, because the 
and parents didn't talk about it. And then got an FBI uh, profile confirming that yes. And what he has to say about then and now, very important. You don't have that in any other. So we broke big ground with this uh, documentary. It's like no other. And well, uh, I, I'm so. I'm sorry. I, I'm so happy that you're uh, bringing up, and I think this is something important for people to to recognize that. Then also, did they have these co- corporate oligarchies and and people involved in the Nazi Party and involved in advancing that cause? Even ones that did not necessarily believe in Hitler's ideals or anything like that, they uh, looked at the money, they looked at the opportunity, they looked at ways to save their own uh, legacy, which, uh, which you're right, many of those companies are still in existence today. Um, our, our friend of the show, uh, Seth Gruber, who runs a podcast called uh, Unaborted and is the... Um, uh, founder of the White Rose Resistance uh, uh, here, which is a uh, um, you know pro pro life group, of course taking um, you know taking its nod from um, the the Nazi resistors back in the day of the White Rose Resistance. But he um, he talks a lot about how the chemical company um, uh, that that provides the um, uh, uh, abortion pill is connected to the same company that uh, was the um, maker of the gas, uh, Zyklon B, I believe, uh, uh, that the Nazis used. And it's a direct descendant of that uh, of that company. So it's uh, it's interesting that these folks are still in the business of oppression even today. Absolutely. It's a straight line. They would you see, it's been said before that Germany lost World War Two, but the Nazis didn't. They just regrouped and they've continued and they've continued to be uh, very, very influential, not just in Germany, but the United States, which because the United States now leads the pack, really. After all, is this whole COVID thing is a yeah. U.S. military operation. So it behooves us Americans to get us out of this. No other, no other country or people will do it for us. They really are waiting to see what the United States will do, and it's the people of the United yeah. States. Yeah, and if we uh, if we fall and fail, like I'm, I'm afraid we're on the path of doing, um, you know, then it's uh, it's lost. I think for a lot of folks, and and you know, liberty um, will be uh, will be a while before we see it again in what our founding fathers certainly intended. If we lose this one, it's lost because yeah. they really have been they have been planning and poisoning the the earth as well they're poisoning everything god made (laughs) this is what they're doing they're doing far more than just going after this group or that group they want to get rid of 90 percent of the human population and enslave the others for their convenience you know they don't want to work they don't want to produce things they they want the slaves to do it and not you know, and that's cheap. You don't pay them. And they learned how to do that also. You know, the Nazis continued actually something that has been done in South Africa with both the British yeah. and the Germans had their colonies there and they had concentration camps in 1910. Wow. Yeah. Very, uh, very interesting. So, um, where do we uh, access your film? How can we watch it? Uh, give my audience that. And also, how can we support you? Absolutely. Never again is now global.com. We'll get you right into the films. Uh, it's got its own website as well as you can get it through uh, Alliance Human Research Protection, which is ahrp.org. That'll lead you to it as well. And we really, you know, we're offering it free. Uh, donations, of course, will be, you know, very welcome, so especially to do the next uh, segment. Uh, but we want as many people to see it so that they understand where this is really going. 
yeah. you know, I mean, those of us who are survivors uh, really came to realize that there was a purpose for us surviving. Didn't think of it in all the years before, but now I do. And it is both to remember, and we're maybe the last to remember, but it's also to warn. To yeah, warn, and, and, and Vera, this. I don't want you. Uh, I don't want you to gloss over that. Uh, tell tell the audience because I think you and I didn't didn't uh, we didn't talk about it at the beginning. But uh, but your survivor story, um, you know, very quickly talk about that so people can understand why you're so motivated here. I was three and a half when my whole world kind of fell apart, and uh, we were living in Romania. And uh, when I was three and a half, uh, we were evicted from our home and deported to a concentration camp in Ukraine. Wow. Uh, and my father died before I was five. He died of uh, typhus, which was raging throughout all the ghettos and concentration camps because of the lack of hygiene, starvation, and cold. Uh, it just bred lice. Um, but I was in the camp with my mother for three years before I was rescued. Um, and then I was separated from my mother for four years. Wow. So altogether, my, you know, my childhood was not exactly exemplary. Um, but there was a period between the time that I was rescued and I was headed for what was then Palestine, 10 months that I was a child in transit, I was six and a half. And I learned to assess people because I was little. I didn't grow in the camp in the three years. I left in the same coat that I came in with. Uh, and I knew I couldn't take care of myself. And I did not, I did not like to, to rely on other children, peers, so-called. You know, being little, I was afraid of being bullied and, you know, neglected. So I had to assess people who I could trust, who I could decide that they would help me. And I got pretty good at it. Uh, the final time where it was really crucial was uh, on the train to the harbor city. We were to leave Romania finally at this 10-month, end of the 10-month period, uh, from Romania to Turkey, to Istanbul by boat. And then from there we went to Palestine, which is Israel. Uh, when we got to the harbor city, there were three small boats that were waiting to take us. And they started to read out names, assigning each person to one of the three boats. And they assigned me to the boat with the orphan children. But I refused. I absolutely refused. I would not go on the boat with the children no matter what. And I wound up alone, you know, on the docks there, sitting on my little valise. And no matter what, I cried and cried and I would not, I wouldn't be bribed, or no, nothing. They couldn't convince me. Miraculously, they gave in to me. And I joined the family that I had befriended on a train going there. Wow. That first night out at sea, I didn't witness it because I was, I had been very seasick. So I finally fell asleep, I guess. So I didn't witness, but that night, that first night out, a submarine torpedoed the boat with all the children. I only found out about it the next morning because everybody was still so upset. And I didn't say anything. I didn't say a word, not a word to anyone. But I thought to myself, I was right. I was right wow. not to obey 
And that now, that, that knowledge, that inner knowledge certainly came up now. I won't do what I don't want to, what I don't think is right. Whatever my gut tells me, don't. Everyone has that in them. They just aren't listening. They aren't trusting themselves. And, you know, one can only suggest, one can only, you know, tell people one's own experience, but everyone has the right to say no. Wow. People need to really understand that, after all, you know, there was no turning back. Those, the rest of the people, everyone was obedient, nice, doing what they're told. Praise God. Amen. Well, what an incredible story, and uh, I appreciate the the fight that you are fighting on all of these fronts. Uh, it's incredibly impressive. You're uh, you you are um, you know doing some amazing work for for people that that uh, you know may never know that you're fighting for them, and uh, it's just incredible. I appreciate you so much, and and I know our audience will pray for you. Um, and also, uh, you know, we'll, we'll check out that movie of yours, neveragainisglobal.com. And uh, thank you for, for coming. Neveragainisnowglobal.com. Got it. com. Got it. Right. All right. Well, thank you so much, and I appreciate your time, and I appreciate you coming on and, uh, and talking with me. Thanks very much for having me. All I right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you for enjoying that episode. Please do us a favor and go to our Rumble channel and subscribe. We want to make sure that we build up that audience on that platform because we get bounced and disappeared off of YouTube and all of those other oppressive censoring platforms. So anyway, go to our Rumble. Please uh, help us by subscribing and also make sure that you subscribe to our podcast wherever you um, are sourcing it. We appreciate you and thank you for um, keeping on this mission with us. Thank you.